This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Delivery companies FedEx and UPS have dominated that industry for decades, but they are now facing a new threat from Amazon. The retail giant canceled its ground delivery contract with FedEx in August after severing ties on air delivery earlier this year. Amazon had been uh, has been building a fleet of delivery trucks and vans and has even rented planes. Its announcement that it was going to help its own employees start their own shipping businesses. They are offering employees up to $10,000 to start their own local package delivery business operations. And you can expect that drone delivery will be a significant part of their shipping methods in the future. So how much of a threat is this to traditional delivery services? With more, we are joined here in studio by Cynthia Viragathan, who is a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School. Cynthia, great to see you again. Dan, thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Let's delve into the reasons why Amazon has decided to make this move in the first place. I think a lot of people would suggest that maybe the cost uh, of them shipping via FedEx and UPS is becoming more and more prohibitive. Um, yeah, it's uh, one way to look at it is Amazon has always been doing this um, in the logistics business for a while. Um one way to think about um, this using uh, using Amazon's own numbers is to look at how many third-party sellers that they have uh, for uh, which they do the logistics and delivery. So Amazon made $230 billion last year. About half of it, $118 billion, came from third-party sellers uh, who sold through Amazon. And Amazon spends about 13% of their um, dollar of revenue on just logistics and shipping. So this is a $29 billion shipping company already. Um, Compare that with FedEx, it's about $2 billion. So you already see that Amazon has been doing um, a lot of shipping. So how how does then them adding shipping as more and more of a component moving yeah, forward yeah. change their business dynamics then? Yeah, so uh, one of the challenging um, problems in e-commerce in the recent uh, past has been uh, growth into same-day delivery, overnighting uh, delivery services, which Amazon does for Prime members uh, more and more. And so last-mile delivery has been a big challenge for Amazon, mm-hmm. and that's where they were using FedEx and uh and UPS and uh, other third-party sellers. A couple of years back, Amazon started this program called Amazon Flex, which is really, if you think about it, uh, Uber for Amazon deliveries. Okay. So if you saw a car come in in an unidentified, like a black car that came and dropped off your Amazon shipments, that's uh, that's somebody working for Amazon Flex. So they've been offering these programs where uh, they're trying to expand into cities and urban areas to do very quick two-hour deliveries, same-day deliveries. And uh, that's a capability that they have built up in the last two years. So it makes very much uh, sense that they get into this business on their own. Also joining us right now, Tarek Abdullah, who is an assistant professor of operations management at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Tarek, great to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank Happy you. Thank you. So give us your sense uh, of how this the shipping component for Amazon is going to play out and potentially how important it is for them moving forward. 
So, I mean, clearly Amazon, first and foremost, is an e-commerce website, right? Like, uh, so there's been reports about them moving into this shipping industry. And as Professor Sentil was saying, like, clearly they're right now they're at 29, close to $29 billion of shipment costs. So this is an issue that is not sustainable for them in the uh, long-term future. Um, so this is compared to about, um, I think the numbers are about $4 billion back in 2010. So clearly their shipping costs have, has been ballooning in the past couple of years, and it's not something that they can sustain in the long term, especially with their push towards this same-day delivery, which is something that um, not sustainable for them. So I think this makes a lot of sense for them. Um trying to curb their shipping costs and trying to control more their uh, user experience in terms of, uh, you know, like on-time delivery and stuff like that. Um, so I think the whole story here is about how scalable this operation is. And this is something that Professor alone from Wharton, for example, speaks a lot about it for businesses. And um, so they've been having a very... Um, uh, healthy revenue over the years, but mm-hmm. it's not because of their e-commerce platform. It's because their uh, Amazon Web Services is subsidizing their uh, operational costs for running their e-commerce platform. So they need to, if they if they have to figure out this two day uh, this uh, two hour shipment or one day shipment, they need to figure out a way to curb their shipping costs. And one way to do that is obviously handling their shipments themselves. So it all makes sense for Amazon, but at the cost of, you know, how do they manage their relationships with the other third-party sellers, or, sorry, their, um, the third-party logistic companies or the other carriers like UPS, USPS, and FedEx, where clearly FedEx recently decided to um, end its uh, contract to ship uh, products for um, Amazon. Uh, for uh, for Amazon. Now, so now all that they have is UPS, pretty much. So what is then the potential impact that would be seen from FedEx uh, and UPS moving forward? And let's assume that at some point UPS is no longer in this component of working with Amazon as well. Tarek? If, if, if this happens overnight, clearly Amazon would have a big issue, right? I mean, without, without these third-party logistics, Amazon would not exist in the first place, right? So they have to keep uh, good uh, uh, connection with, their, um, with the other carriers. But, um, you know, the, the, again, the cost of shipping is, is, is a major item on their uh, balance sheet that they need to control. Cynthia? Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely it's good to have partners in uh, the shipping business because Amazon always uh, has a company wanted to sell products online to every customer everywhere possible. So uh, they're definitely not going to give up on the spread of customers that they have. Uh, but their prime program is important to them. So it's also 
necessary for Amazon to work with uh, third-party logistics companies because they just don't have capacity. But what does this also mean for Amazon specifically in terms of the fulfillment centers that they have already in place and whether they're going to need to continue to add property to be able to fill in maybe some of those gaps that might not be in that two-hour oh, yeah, shipping the, window? I mean, just uh, going back to what Tarek said um, maybe a um, few minutes back, uh, if you look at their costs, they have exponentially grown, but uh, it, most of the logistic costs has been uh, from the explosion of fulfillment centers that they have. Um, yeah. There was 10 years back, there was a time that you could count all Amazon's fulfillment centers um, you know, in, with one hand, uh, but now they have north of 250 um, uh, fulfillment centers and data centers all over um, the United States, uh, especially because they are pushing closer and closer to customers, and this is uh, this has always been their challenge. And so, uh, yeah, so every Amazon fulfillment center, the moment they build it, it becomes an old center. Um, yeah because there are things that they keep on trying and experimenting that they cannot use the old fulfillment centers efficiently for. I think they call this like brown fallow lands or something within Amazon. So um, there is green fulfillment centers and there's brown fulfillment centers, which are kind of old. So forever they're developing newer ones. Yeah. Turek, I mean, it is still an, an industry, which I, I think for the last, you know, if you go back 40, 50 years, there, there have been many components of delivery and shipping that have basically been the same. But at now we are seeing that even shipping and delivery is changing and innovating. And and obviously a lot of people are thinking about, you know, when are we going to see drone delivery on a full-time basis? And, and, and I think that's the next component that, that's going to come into play here for both Amazon and for the other shipping companies as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think all these uh, uh, you know, like all these experiments in terms of robot robot delivery or drone delivery, these are part of the efforts to tackle the last mile problem for many of these e-commerce, which is the most expensive part of the uh, supply chain, which is the last delivery from the last point from Amazon to the doorstep of the customer. And this happens to be the most expensive part. Now, the question is, um, is, is Amazon going to, you know, like, try to uh, address this issue by itself, or is it going to continue to uh, depend largely on USPS and UPS and the third-party carriers? So the, the, the common sense, I think, is that Amazon will try to build its network gradually, trying to tackle strategically those customers that are closest to their fulfillment centers, so try to mainly focus on these, um, you know, uh, customers that are, you know, in dense areas rather than uh, suburban areas. Um, so that's that's a major component for Amazon to address, I think. Cynthia? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's true. Uh, one more thing uh, we have to think about why Amazon is getting into this business um, is also because uh, I think 25% of uh, of the third party sellers are actually in China and so and if you're yeah. if you're a seller in uh, in China and you want to sell to a customer in the United States there's simply no way to, for you to set up a logistical arrangement with uh 
um, UPS or USPS or th- any th- any transportation company as easily as it is with Amazon. So uh, this is actually a big move for Amazon. So that's why they started off uh, reneging on the contract, not reneging on the contract, uh, closing the contract down yeah. on air shipments first because yeah. that's where a lot of uh, bundle shipments are coming I- from. I think a lot of people are going to be also interested to see how this relationship plays out between Amazon and their former employees who they are promoting to start their own business, right. a, their own delivery business. They've talked about giving $10,000 of seed money to help yeah. the startup cost and what potentially that relationship could be between Amazon and those people moving forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's actually in some ways great for Amazon because um, warehouse uh, jobs are hard jobs and there are not many of them. And um, there's already, um, I know we are at uh, a low unemployment index and so on, but there is a, lo- a number of people working two jobs and so on. And one of the things that uh, socially, Amazon's going to be everywhere. So Amazon is trying to solve, um, because it makes sense for them to solve this uh, as a corporate business also, uh, is to understand and have enough of a labor supply to do the last mile delivery. Um, and one way to encourage and guarantee this is to have businesses that can take part. Turek? Yeah, um, so for 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 them, I think, I mean, it, it's, it's an issue about how quickly can they grow their network. And they clearly need some form of an Uber model to try to incentivize people, more and more people to, you know, run its shipment itself. So this, this, this incentive goes both ways. It gives options to their uh, employees. And then there's lots of reports talking about how bad it is to work for, for, uh, for Amazon and whatnot. So this, this, this solves two problems at the same time. One is, you know, it gives this extra option for its employees so it can help it retain its customers. But it's also helped it to, you know, encourage entrepreneurship uh, for their employees. And it helps. Um, the company also grow its uh, delivery network, which is a win-win for Amazon, I believe. The question is how how you know like how big is this program going to be? Is it just, is it just going to be a gimmick, or is it going to help it uh, you know uh, cover a large volume of shipments? This is this I believe remains to be seen. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Dan Loney, and our studios in Philadelphia. We're talking about Amazon as a uh, important component moving forward as a part of the shipping industry, taking on rivals now, FedEx and UPS. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on uh, Twitter, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. I think the other part to this is Amazon Prime. And they're always looking to find new ways to be able to get Prime new Prime members. And obviously, some of the components, the delivery components for Prime members, could potentially bring even more people into that into that uh, realm in the in the years to come, Cynthia. Yeah, that's true. But um, uh, the part of the challenge is the new um, new prime members are going to be more price inelastic. They're uh, sorry, more price elastic. They're going to really uh, be harder customers to get. Um, the new markets where Amazon is moving in with its Prime program, um, like India, are, are uh, low revenue programs, high right. cost uh, programs, low margin programs. So this is uh, f- uh, you know going back scalability continues 
to be a challenge for Amazon because as you scale and get bigger and bigger, you're getting customers with lower and lower revenue margins. So uh, customers who bring in very low revenue and very thin margins. So that's a challenge. And that's why um, Amazon, I believe many, many other firms are also trying out many things like uh, having a flexible work schedule uh, for their last mile businesses. But the expectation, Tariq, of, of the consumer now as we have kind of laid this out over the last few years, is getting it quicker, faster, and and, and a better product. So the, the 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 dynamic has changed in this industry as well. Absolutely, I think there there are reports that that, that talks like surveys that talk that uh, like seventy five percent of people wouldn't even ship wouldn't even shop if if uh, a seller would promise uh, a delivery date more than three days. Now, Amazon yeah. is trying to push the frontier for the same-day delivery, and this is very expensive. This is something that no one has tried to do so far, um, and if anyone can do it, it's probably Amazon. Uh, but it, it needs to, to – to, so they need to have – so they have to innovate in terms of how they handle uh, their logistics. Of course, if you ask a customer, what do you want? It's going to tell you, I want my product right now at the cheapest cost. Sure, yeah. Now, the question is <laughs> – yeah. And this is something that we teach in operations is that you cannot compete on all frontier, right? You have to yeah. choose your battle on what kind of promises you're going to uh, provide to the customers. So um, Amazon has been very competitive on the price, right? So um, then the question is, if this marginal customer that Professor Sentiel was talking about, um, you know, they're already I think they, they're, they're already at a 50% market share in terms of online sales in the U.S., right? So yep. now trying to go after that additional marginal customer, it's going to be very costly to them. So what are the options for them? Are they going to raise the prices uh, in order to offer this same-day delivery? Probably, you know, customers would be willing to wait a couple of hours to get their delivery at the expense of an extra dollar or two. Um, because, because as, as, as Professor Sintil was saying, customers are becoming very, very elastic, especially going to markets like India and so forth, and those marginal customers that Amazon is trying to get. So the, 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 the real problem for them is how do they continue to be competitive as an e-commerce platform um, while increasing their quality of service in terms of, you know, same-day delivery and, and whatnot, but still without compromising on their healthy revenues uh, as a business model. So that's where the piece of them trying to control their uh, costs comes into play and in, in how they're going to manage that and are they going to be successful or not? Because, you know, managing... Uh, um, you know, a, a, being a shipment or a logistics company is a whole different thing sure. than being an e-commerce platform or whatnot. It's, it's not an easy uh, task for them to do, but they have, you know, they have lots of data. They they know a lot about their customers, where they are, their right. schedules, yep. and like where when they're available. So they're 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 well suited to go after that. But whether they're going to be uh, successful or not, that remains to be seen. I believe. Yeah, I think the uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, the last mile delivery is very, very uneconomical to scale. I think uh, my favorite metaphor that I have heard uh, is from Scott Galloway, who said it's basically everybody's um, uh, now on 50 feet underwater. Um, 
and uh, you got like a two gallon oxygen tank and Amazon has hundreds of gallons. And so who's going to survive? <laughs> and so, and part of the problem is pushing it onto the smaller uh, shipment companies makes it easier on Amazon. So itself. is that why we've seen Amazon as start to pop up and we see it here at the University of Pennsylvania to have these locations where you'll have lockers I, I, and, and, and that that takes care of the last I, I, mile. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, would I would I like somebody to show up on my door at between eight thirty and nine thirty and deliver the gift uh, that I want to uh, get? Right. I mean, so yeah, absolutely. As a customer, I ex- uh, you know people have begun to expect this. So this is just uneconomical to to deliver at the time window that people want within two hours and so on. So uh, uh, what's the easiest thing to do? Put it in a box and yeah. let them pick it whenever they can. Yeah. And so actually, Amazon now has lockers in rental apartment complexes um, where they use it as a small mini logistics center where they can put their products in. And if you live in the apartment, great. Some If you don't need it, somebody else on the in the complex might pick it up. So, right. you know, it's great for Amazon to allocate. We go to the phones in Lincoln, Nebraska. Ted is on the line. Ted, welcome to the show. Hi, yes. Um, one, one comment. I'm a uh, owner-operator with FedEx. And the, the challenge I think Amazon is going to have is that the cost of equipment for us owner-operators that own the equipment and lease it on to the carrier is so uh, expensive that since Amazon's point is to push prices down, yeah. it's going to be difficult for them to draw us as, uh, as, as, as servants or as, as workers to come over to their organization for less money. It doesn't make sense. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I think FedEx's business model is, is a much better business model than the Amazon model at this point, unless they can figure out how to pay more money to the, to the uh, truckers who's actually doing the work. Cynthia? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, compared to like Uber drivers, trucking industry has been around for a long time. So they have a fairly uh, deep understanding of what their local market looks like, their costs look like. And so and UPS has this core skill of understanding that. Um, sorry, FedEx as well. And so that's going to be new and challenging for Amazon to figure out what is the right uh, reservation price or what we call as a reservation price, the entry point price for uh, uh, for you know contractors or um, businesses like Ted's own uh, own business to come in and uh, see whether they can be a partner. Yeah, T- Tarek, your thoughts? Yeah. So I mean, it's sad for me to say it, but uh, I mean, the way most probably Amazon will do it is in the beginning is that they're going to run a loss leader model. Like they're going to be very generous in terms of their compensation. And then over time, as they gain power, they're going to start being more aggressive with their pricing. I think that's how, you know, business as usual goes. And it's, it's sad for me to say, but this is probably how Amazon will try to tackle this issue. And there's already reports about, um, you know, like them offering like large discounts in terms of um, at least for the for the third party sellers to ship with Amazon compared to shipment with FedEx. And they're probably going to do the same thing with uh, the drivers as well. Ted, thanks very much for the call and, and thank you for your insight. I, I guess, Tarek, the, the other question to ask is we've talked about the, the element that drone is going to play here at some point. But what about autonomous vehicles? Be, because there's an element that. 
would say, okay, by autonomous vehicles and, and using that, you're saving costs there. But then again, the, the job is delivering packages, and you still need to be able to get those packages actually into the into the locker or, or onto the front uh, front uh, front deck of the house, whatever that may be. So could autonomous play a role here at some point? I, I think, I mean, autonomous vehicles, I mean, it's, 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 it's a great idea, but it remains to be seen as something that is operational that can be done. It's not clear, at least so far, that it's something that is going to be implemented in the near future. That's my thoughts on it. It, it probably could be something implemental, implementable from warehouse to warehouse rather than from the warehouse or the fulfillment center uh, directly to the customer because there's a lot of you know technological challenges for that in terms of you know, getting to the right address you know picking up the right uh, package and whatnot so I mean as beautiful of an idea it, it sounds and it, it could if if someone figures out the technology it's going to be a great breakthrough but I'm a bit skeptical that this will be implemented to solve the last mile delivery, at least in the near future. We've yet to see autonomous vehicles, you know, in, in uh, ride-sharing uh, uh, programs. So I think the technology is not there yet. Um, this is just my personal thoughts on it. So, um, so Cynthia, yeah, but, yeah. if, if you are an executive at FedEx and you know and you're seeing what is going on with Amazon right now, what are the things you are looking at in terms of your operation to try and, and combat what Amazon is trying to do? It's it's a challenge for sure. Um, Amazon competes with everybody. They comp- if you're selling anything or you're yeah. providing any service, they're going they're going to be competing with you. And so I and so your question can be largely framed as how do you compete with Amazon yeah. within your own business, right? Um, FedEx has actually uh, in in some ways been high, ahead of the. Uh, curve in terms of how automated their warehouses are, uh, their sorting um, uh, locations are, and things like that. But um, this is uh, this is going to be a challenge. I think if I were uh, Nexac, I would actually reflect on, on the following things. There are actually going to be portions of the business where Amazon's going to enter, um, and it's going to be, as Tarek said, a loss leader, and FedEx has to actually make a very good call right away in mm-hmm. thinking, hey, these are these are actually areas or core parts of the businesses for us, so we will continue to grow them, where some of them are uneconomical and hard to scale, um, and we shouldn't jump in just because Amazon's doing that, because that's, that's how this whole expectation setting game changes, and so... Um, so try to see where you don't want to get into. Yeah. Tarek, your thoughts? So, um, I mean, I, I, I really like, I mean, I, I, I think what they have done in terms of pulling out of the contract or deciding not to renew the contract is probably a smart move. Although they've been laughing off these reports about Amazon becoming a competitor for, for a while now. But um, I think what they've done is, is, is really smart because, they're, they already have a small portion of the Amazon uh, shipping business, so it's not going to be a big dent on their balance sheet. But what they could leverage, leverage is that they could go to these other major uh, e-commerce or uh, retailers like Walmart, Target, and, and whatnot and try to build this close relationship with them 
and leverage the idea that they have nothing to do with Amazon. And um, like companies like Walmart, for example, there's already reports saying that they encourage their uh, partners not to have like to to have their, uh, for example, to not use Amazon Web Service, uh, instead use the Microsoft Cloud Computing, the Azure uh, platform. So that could be a selling point for FedEx that someone like UPS cannot use, for example. And I think that's that's a smart move on FedEx. Um, but again, they, they, they're going to go after the smaller portion of the market, but they could capitalize on that and be like, uh, have a major component or, or a major share from that right. small piece of the pie. Tarek, thanks very much for uh, coming on the show today for your insight. Thank you. Thank you. Tarek Abdullah at uh, Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Senthil, great to see you again. Thank you Thank for you. having me, Dan. Thank you. Senthil uh, Viragathan, who is uh, with the Wharton School, Professor of Operations, Information, and Decisions. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.